tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. All men and women created by the goal, you know the you know the It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as a land of the free? Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classroom. Then stand up and sing about the land of the free. Which do you like more, Congress or lice? <laughs> Well, we like lice. Here's my eight words people need to stop redefining. Hate, victim, hero, shame, violence, survivor, phobic, and white supremacist. That America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. Well, now that Sean and I have concluded the uh, conversation where we discuss how much of an asshole he is. I am not. Uh, <laughs> I am I'll, lucky in some areas. That's I'll all. rephrase. A lucky asshole. Okay, there you go. Uh, he, he does have a topic for us this week. So, Sean? Well, I guess, well, I mean, and there's a bunch of topics to, to choose from and everything, and, and we have lots of, of issues. But one of the things that... Really, like we all could have called this is I don't know if you saw here recently. Um, have you been following any of the Starbucks stuff that's been going on um, in the news in the last couple of months here? Um, I, I am aware of the attempt at unionizing with Starbucks, and I am aware that Starbucks has been in their own way fighting that process. Um, I, I am not actually up on all the individual details. Okay. Well, we don't have to go into all the nitty gritty because there's, there's some, we're going to stick and move here a little bit, but so Starbucks is, is a very large employer. They employ thousands of people. Uh, and I, I think I saw at one point tens of thousands. Um, there's a, there's, you know, 20 Starbucks in every major city. You know what I mean? I mean, they're they're around uh, in Houston. And this is the greatest thing in the world. In Houston, there is a Starbucks across the street yeah. from a Starbucks. Louis Black saying he knew he found the time warp in the center of the universe when he suddenly realized that there was a Starbucks across the street from the Starbucks. <laughs> I love Lewis Black. I did, I haven't heard that bit. I need to go listen to that if that's the case. Um, <laughs> yes, he he basically talks about the fact that he knew he found like the edge of the universe when he looked one direction and saw Starbucks <laughs> and looked the other direction and saw, much to his surprise, a Starbucks. <laughs> we drove we drove down that street. I was at a a business meeting. I was in Houston, uh, which is about you know it's south of where I am in Dallas. So we sometimes had to go for to, to Houston for a business uh, weekend. If we drove down the street, and I, I don't remember what street it was. It was, in, it was in the city. But you look on both sides of the street, and there is a start. Like total, uh, you, you expect to see like a bridge over the street connecting them or, you know, like signs like laughing at each other. Oh, just kidding. We're the same Starbucks. No, no. Two d differently owned, <laughs> separate owners, 
same street right across from each other. Okay, it's freaking weird. So they're a big employer. Uh, as a franchise, as as a uh, corporation, they uh, don't have – I mean they may have at one time, but currently they don't have the best reputation or the best uh, relationship with their workers. And now, uh, now, can can we agree that at the moment, and I'm not pointing a blame either at workers or at the companies, but just can we agree at the moment that it's actually a difficult time in this country to actually have a good relationship between management and workers? I'm I, I will concede that absolutely 100 percent. That is not uh, I would consider that a mm, fair statement. If, and if I'll, nothing and else. I'll throw that back to the whole concept that we've talked about before is that no one will talk to each other. Every both sides want the other one to bend over and take it up the ass when really nobody just wants to find a comfortable middle ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, that's just, just, that's just making sure. No, so please, please continue. Well, I part of what gets me is is the there is a lack of communication. There is a lack of of. Um, clear intentions although i think the intentions from everybody is pretty clear you know people wanted to be people want to be treated with respect in in a job that pays them and so that they can live a dignified life and companies want to squeeze every bit of labor they can out of you and pay you as little as they can and that's about where we live yeah I'd say that's fair i mean anybody else who who would argue with that particular statement either owns a company who is doing that to said people or is a lawyer who is representing said companies. Can I offer a thought in this process? Sure. Okay. I, I, I think part of the problem we're dealing with, and it is a problem that needs to be dealt with, and is that both the workers and the employers are de talking about and trying to reimagine jobs that at one point in time were not meant to be careers. And I don't think any of these uh, jobs that are in the service industry – well, that's not true. Some well, are. I would well, suggest this, well, you there this, are some that are. Well, no, no. I'm I'm saying that they were not originally meant to – well, like, for example, going back to, you know, when we do the – when I was a kid, when we were younger, ah. no one – the only person at McDonald's who was expecting that to be a career was the manager. Correct. The only person at a Starbucks who was expecting that to be a, you know, a, an ability to support a family and make it a living wage was, in fact, the manager. That's that's a dynamic that has changed. You now actually have full grown adults who are trying to make a living working in these jobs that were originally not meant to be careers. Oh, they were originally that's, meant for high school kids yeah so that's the dynamic that has changed and i think we're having trouble on both sides figuring out how to deal with that change well there's been several companies that uh i would say have come up with different types of solutions uh one that uh i don't know if you guys have these do you guys have buckies where you are no do you know what that is no okay Bucky's is America's largest gas station. It is also ah. a restaurant. It is also a 
convenience store. It is also an ice cream parlor. It is also a barbecue pit. It is also a merchandising store. It also, you know, like it has, like when you pull up to a Bucky's, no trucks allowed, by the way. No, no big semis or anything like that. It's for travelers only. And it's, it's a, it's just this huge brand. And there's probably like a, a normal gas station will have, I don't know, anywhere from four to, to 10 to 12 pumps. To Pro- pump gas. Probably not to that extent, but we do have similar things of um, similar type. Yeah, Bucky's has di- 100 di- pumps. Yeah, di- diff- different brands, different types, not quite as big as what you're describing, but yes. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a large thing. You can look it up. It's 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 amazing stuff. The They pride themselves on Bucky's is always clean. They always have cheap, affordable food that's good and cooked on premises, and uh, they're always very welcoming, and the people there are exceedingly friendly. The reason for that is I'm still trying to figure out whether or not the world comes to an end or if, like, everybody stops and stares if someone at Chick-fil-A answers thank you with anything other than my pleasure. My pleasure, yeah. I think it's, like, they're flogged or something or a... I, a hell spawn opens, or you know, a, a, a hell mouth opens up and swallows them whole, or something like. Do I, they I don't. The, I always figured they had them convinced that an angel loses its wings if they don't answer. It yeah, like, do they beat you if you say something else, or like, sup, dude? Yeah, all right, yeah, take it easy. Like, none, no, or, none of that. Or even it's just, my or pleasure. even just as simple as you're welcome. Right. Like, <laughs> show me on this doll where they hurt you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I neither here nor there. They must. They, it must be some kind of of death penalty, or they have to flagellate themselves, or something. Something. Something happens. Anyway, at Bucky's, they're always very pleasant, and, and they're always happy to be there, and all that. Well, what we didn't know is Bucky's pays a living wage. It doesn't matter whether you're a cashier or the guy who cleans the bathrooms. It's forty grand. Doesn't that's, matter. That's that's actually quite. Um, oh, geez, what's the word I'm looking for? English. Um, uh, well, honorable isn't exactly the word I was going for, but that's that's what I kind of meant. It's decent. It's decent. decent of them. Yes. They're decent. And, and you get a um, – you also own a very, very small part of the company. You can invest in the company if you wish. Uh, you don't have to. And it's – it's one of those things where we don't care what you do for us. Now, certain things pay more, but we don't care what you do for this us. The bottom level is this. And today you may be on register. You may be stocking. You may be cleaning the bathrooms. You may be cooking. You may be doing any number of things, but it doesn't matter because you, you're you okay and full benefits, by the way. Now, that's one approach, and I would consider that a good approach, to be honest, uh, it's, it's, a, they pay everyone a living wage. Everybody's happy. Uh, we're our, our next door neighbor works there and she's like, actually, it's a really nice place to work. Everybody's happy. Everybody comes in, gets food, caffeine. And, and the only thing is they don't sell cigarettes. Uh, but everybody comes in and gets food, loads up on barbecue, gets a t-shirt or a hat or some gum or whatever and gas. And then you off you go. And they're like, we don't really have a bad day. It's 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 okay, you know. We we get paid well. It's it's all fine. That's well, one but, end of the spectrum. But well, see, what Bucky's is proving under those circumstances is that it's actually possible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is possible for, to make a go the, of this for all the people who want to look around and say it just can't be done. 
it, it, it's possible. Yeah, it can. Yeah, but, but I I would also um jeez oh, why can I not speak today I would also make an educated guess that under these circumstances that Bucky's does actually expect you to do something while you're there oh yeah no they are always busy they are always busy uh and, and, but you know when you talk to Diane oh, sorry the the lady who lives down the street from us his name is Diane and when you talk to her she's like look you are always busy but it's not because you're short staffed. It's not because you're, you know, they just expect you if you're leaning, you can be cleaning. There's stuff to do, and it makes the day go by super fast. Because of the way they've arranged it, you don't feel like you just worked eight hours. You don't, I mean, it's just not that bad. And it's pleasant. Everybody's happy to be there, and you get paid on time, and you go home. And they don't expect you to work overtime. Like, well, crap. (laughs) I guess it can be done, Uh, which is it was very surprising to me. And and I asked, I'm like, is that just your Bucky's or is this? She goes, no, that's just how they are. In some areas, they pay more because it costs more to live in those areas. But but honestly, you know, this is just they pay a living wage and they give you full benefits and you just kind of go to work. Like, okay, that's a. That's a decent way to make it go, right? Uh, is it glorious? No. Is it a, a, a living wage where you can you can be okay? Yep. So with no education, high school diploma. So I think that's fair. On the other side of the scale, however, <laughs> is somebody like Starbucks who, and I'm not saying they're the worst employer. They're not. Okay, and if you want to look at at, you know, gross abuses of workers and anti-union tactics, I mean, the all time all star leader for that particular team is and will probably continue to be Walmart and Amazon. However. uh, Which we'll get to them in a minute. Uh, However. Okay, never mind. I I was going to make a comment on Amazon, but keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. I knew, yeah, Amazon's been in the news recently, too. However, Starbucks, uh, they're they're trying, you know, like, they don't get paid much, okay? And these people, they don't have a good day. Like, if you've ever worked or, or seen a Starbucks, they don't have a good day. I would throw the customers in on some of those reasons. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. Okay? Like, it's the customers that make them miserable. If you're just making it, I've met other baristas who work at, like, a bar or something like that, and they're fine. Okay? But if you think about it, like, people don't go into Starbucks happy. <laughs> okay? Like, these are not happy people. You're also paying, you know, 7 to $9 for coffee. So, obviously you don't have the best decision-making abilities. Um, now, I am not a coffee fan. I never have been. I never will be. If it tasted like it smelled, I would be fine. I would, it doesn't. I would uh, suggest that, quite frankly, the cup of coffee, cup of drip coffee you would get at Bucky's, along with the uh, uh, fixins bar that they have of different creams, flavors, sugars, yep. and all that you put in there, would create a cup of coffee that will treat you just as well as that Starbucks coffee, cup of coffee. For $3. And you will probably, I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> hell, I mean, at my place, it's it's 2 Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just guessing, but it's, well, actually, how much does a cup of coffee? Coffee, 
you're actually not worried. If you if you if you're one of those people who needs the gigantic thirty ounce cup of coffee, yes, you're probably playing three dollars. But your average sixteen ounce cup of coffee is is about two bucks. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, oh come on, you know, like who is gonna pay? Uh, and people do it all the time at at, at Starbucks. I mean, they pay, they way overpay for stuff there. I mean, it's just like wow. Uh, that's a, that's a, well, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. And, and mm. no one in this world can explain to me why this phrase, leave room for cream at a Starbucks means apparently fill it all the way up to the top. Yeah, I don't get that. That seems weird. Um, mm, no. Okay. It's 225 and then 99 cent refills on any size. Oh, no, that's, that's a decent deal. Yeah. On any size. So it doesn't matter if you get the big, the small, or whatever. It's 99 cents to refill it pretty much whatever, whenever you want. Uh, it's as long as you have a Bucky's cup. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And the and like you're saying, the cup of coffee you're going to get there, it just isn't that better or worse than the $9 coffee at Starbucks. But I understand, like, there's some Starbucks people out there, just like there's Black Rifle people out there, which we're going to talk about them in a minute. Uh, but... To my point, they didn't have a great relationship. Their people felt put upon, and they started to make a union, and they had some success. They were they were forging this. They created you know some kind of union stuff, and they were they were working on different stores and more stores and everything. And what does Starbucks do? Do they start working with them? No. Do they start paying them more so that they will dis kind of uh, uh, you know dissolve the union? Going all right. All right, you got. We hear. We hear you. We're gonna give you a living wage and, and make this better. Uh, our bad. We'll we'll try and fix this and work with you on this. Uh, no, what they did is start closing every union store they have. <laughs> well, if you got one across the street from the other, I mean, of course you can do that. <laughs> I'm like you. I mean, like if you ever needed confirmation. Of where they're going and where their heart lies, this is it, right? Um, I've got some thoughts on this that's going to make me sound like a complete, total, utter prick. Oh, by all means, go ahead. I shouldn't be the only one of those. No, no, no. Okay, so um, a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to do this by comparing certain things that I'm – that as much as I don't know Bucky's and as much as I don't know every Starbucks around – I'm going to do some comparisons that might lead to some of these things. Okay. First of all, uh, Bucky's is apparently a place in the South in which politeness, courtesy, and actually doing and working in a job, uh, even if it makes you filthy and dirty, is uh, uh, called life. Yeah. Okay. Starbucks, uh, for Starbucks, most of the Starbucks that I've been into, if you told 90% of those employees, we're going to pay you a living wage, $40,000 a year, but you're the one who has to clean the bathrooms, would quit immediately. Really? Yes. I, mm. Not all of them. I'm saying a large portion of them. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Be, well, because I don't know about, once again, the environment in most of the Starbucks that you guys have down there are the ones I have up here. Now, also remember, we're talking, you're talking about places like, and it's and this is actually part of what's going into this, is you're talking about places like Dallas and Houston. 
I'm talking about places like Washington, D.C. and New York City. Okay, well, and that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And so I'm sure if you also add in places like L.A., Berkeley, San Francisco, uh, Chicago, and in places of that nature, that you're going to get a lot of the similar things. You're talking about something in a rural area where people are every bit capable, willing, and ready to work for a living. We're also running into a little bit, and I'm not saying this is across the board. I'm doing a very, very broad generalization before everybody thinks I'm a complete prick versus just somewhat of a prick. Fair enough. (laughs) Part of what we're dealing with is people who actually think that certain pieces of work are above them. Yeah, and that's something that we generally, and I'm not going to speak for everyone in the South, however... Um, we I are would, raised would, on a culture of. I would suggest that you have work less of that doing. in the South. Yeah, a hard day's work is worth doing. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll I'll even throw the Midwest into that. Yeah, I, I would say that certain parts of the Midwest, not Chicago, but certain parts of the Midwest. Yeah, I go mm-hmm. with I go along with that. So, uh, it, so, and I'm not saying that you don't end up with the opposites in, in both sides. I'm just saying this is part of what we're dealing with. So, I, and, and even then, I. I I defend Amazon to some extent. Um, I the the few years that I went to college, I actually put paid my way by working for UPS. Um, I haven't heard any of the rules that anybody is losing their mind at with regard to working at Amazon that aren't the exact day to day rules that I dealt with and everyone dealt with while working at UPS. <laughs> Um, and a lot of the things that we're seeing, you're hearing a lot of people scream about, we are not allowed to go to the bathroom. Uh, no, you're allowed to go to the bathroom. But the problem is, is that you have, unfortunately, people who will go to the bathroom for 30 minutes. And there's work to be done. Now, once again, yes, I'm a prick, but no, I'm not talking about Everyone. I'm sure there is a manager out there at an Amazon who has looked at everybody and said, nope, we're making our quota today. And if that means you have to piss your pants, do it. <laughs> I'm sure that guy exists. I'm sure that guy. exists oh, because I, I knew, I, because I knew that because I knew that guy existed. I know exactly his name and probably <laughs> what he's doing for a living now when I was working at UPS. So I know <laughs> that guy exists. But. We also run into the same problem I have with unions in general, and it's not the small unions. The small unions are absolutely wonderful. The ones that actually know the people that they're representing as individuals and are truly, honestly there to make conditions better for them. Unfortunately, there are too many of these unions that have gotten so big and bureaucratic that they're no better than the companies that you're working for. I have seen and heard of many uh, unions that mm, I, I won't say that they're they're crooked, but they are largely corrupt in the the policies that they go after. You know what I mean? Like they're not specifically working against you. They are working generally in the right direction, but they can be had. And it can be, and it's in. They can be had in a manner that is bad for the working man. Absolutely. Uh, so, no, I'm not talking like Jersey crime run unions where it's just like you know a, a thin veil that's that's 
you know, uh, part of the, the crime syndicate. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about actual unions. Uh, and I, I know I brought this I'll, one up I'll give before, you one like, major. I'll give you one major example that will make everything clear, especially in the past couple of years. Teachers it. unions. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. No, that counts. Yeah. Um, man, what a bunch of weird ass. <laughs> like, who would have thought that would have progressed to the where it is now? You know, you just look at it and go. Really? That's that's what we're doing. Well, it, it, so he, here I'm going to bring that around and hopefully I'll sound like a little bit less of a prick than I did a few moments ago, because the point I'm trying to make is not to say that the companies are doing no wrong and all and that everybody should just shut up and go to fuck to work. Um, that that's not what I'm suggesting. <laughs> what I'm suggesting out, is, out, sir. well, what I'm suggesting is, is that we do have to look at this from both sides because both sides have a point. Now, I will admit that there is a power imbalance that when you try to look at that at both sides at the moment. However, somewhere along the line, whether that's with smaller, more local unions or, or, or something, somewhere along the line, we do need to address not only the fact that there is a power imbalance, but we also do have an issue with people who do not actually want to work for that living wage. We have both problems. And ignoring both problems is not going to fix the problem. True. So you've got people on the corporate side who's looking around going, these fucking people just don't want to work. <laughs> now, I, to be fair, not to take the devil's advocate or something, I, in my real day-to-day -day job, I'm a vice president. I have a staff of close to 32 people. Um, I have people who just don't want to work. Okay. So so you've got that one end of it, but you also do have the other end of it, which, which is equally valid, which is there are some of us here who really are trying to work, who really are trying to do whatever jobs there are that are available to us and make a living doing so. We don't expect to be rich, but we do expect not to be able to pay basic average everyday bills. Uh, and that it, and the and they're the ones who don't hold the power in that argument. Yeah. No, I can't so, argue with that. So so, the, so basically what we're getting up with is something that is not as simple and easy is a little bit more complicated and takes a bit more discussion and a bit more understanding from both sides. I, I, anybody who's been listening to this con uh, this this podcast has heard me say this before that really what we need is communication for both sides, that both sides don't necessarily need to agree with each other, but they at least need to understand where the other side is coming from. And, Honestly, that's, what, yeah. and that's what we're not getting. On we're not getting side. any of that. And, and, I, and, and I don't care which side you're standing on, you're vilifying the other side and completely missing what your side is fucking up. And what, what doesn't help matters at all is on occasion there are bad actors that are in the middle of this who make things worse. Uh, i give you an example of a bad actor in a horrible situation that um, probably made things ten times worse than they were. Disneyland, okay? <laughs> this guy was proposing to his girlfriend, uh, went down on one knee in front of the, the princess castle thing, the magical castle, whatever it is, and a Disney employee walked up, plucked the ring out of his hands, and said, you can't do that here. Now. Well, that's just being a dick. 
that's not Disney's policy. <laughs> that's not. I mean, Disney has an entire show on like proposing at and you know for Disney World and all that kind of stuff where they do magical marriages and stuff like that. Um, so you know that's not Disney's policy, but this dude, like somebody somewhere, either told this dude that they didn't want you know, proposals going on or that this was a bad area or something like that. And this dude took it upon himself to interrupt a marriage proposal that people were filming and just make it entirely worse for Disney because now Disney is quote unquote, because of this bad actor, right? Because of this, this employee of theirs uh, is now forced or, or in the media about, Disney doesn't like marriage proposals and traditional values. It's entirely worse because of the employee. Well, and, and, but once again, I'll, I I know I'm playing both sidesism today, but and that's fine. Not not only do you have that bad actor, but you have the bad actor on the other side of this who is looking at this, going, <laughs> "We can fuck with Disney now." Yeah, guess what they did? It's beginning to look a lot like you know, Christmas. They, 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 you, you know that Disney is not against traditional values in marriage, right? And yet you're still going to print this, going, <laughs> look what they did. So it gets even worse than that. This guy asked permission beforehand, and 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 got permission, and then was interrupted uh, by the thing. So. It's this was it almost feels malicious. And and that's, I guess, the point I'm trying to make is is sometimes when you have somebody who works for your company, you can get they just get it in their head, either on a power trip or their malicious compliance type situations or, or any any number of reasons or they're just having a bad day and they're they're pissed off about something and they make your life miserable. As an employee, as a client, as a customer, whatever it is, and it doesn't matter that that's not your company's policy. It doesn't matter that that's not something you would ever do or ever tell someone to do. That's now on you, and that does happen. And giving the the company well, to kind of jump back, giving the companies the benefit of the doubt, that happens. It does. Well, at the same time, the. the you know everything that goes on in the company the company in and of itself and it's part of the, the shall we say argument in favor of the company for lack of a better term um they're the ones who take the risk on everything yeah oh yeah now now oh, yeah. let me rephrase because i know someone and i probably even know whose head just exploded um <laughs> i'm not talking about the ceo with the golden parachute no he ain't risking no. shit no nor will he okay. ever. I mean, it, ultimately, the financial risk sits on their shoulders, but they will, even if everything goes tits up, they will come out better than everyone else. Exactly. So I'm talking about the company. So whether you're talking about a small business with a single owner who actually will end up having a financial issue or just the company as a whole, they're the ones who are take basically all the risks. And the and, and here's an, an, an example. I work with technical equipment that I move around from place to place to business to business to business to business to business. If I drop one of those off the back of the truck, who's financially going to end up being taking the bill for that? And that's the owner of my company. Mm -hmm. Not me. Now, he may fire my ass for it, 
but yeah, but uh, it's his it's his problem. Ultimately. Exactly. Yeah. Every every mistake that I make that costs somebody money, it's not coming out of my pocket. And that's what you do. That's the the limited liability that you have as an employee, right? As an yeah. employee, it's technically not your money. And it's not your risk. And, and, I, and I, I I've been both. You know, I've been, I've had my own company and I've, I've been an employee. I actually prefer being an employee. Oh, me too. (laughs) There's a lot of headache and freaking disaster. but But that's part of what's kind of going into this discussion of people on both sides, not necessarily, um, recognizing what the other side is going through. Now, that's not to say that some poor barista in Starbucks should feel sorry for their district manager. I'm not saying no. that at no. all or that they should uh, support bad treatment uh, at a warehouse or have to you know, feel bad about pissing in a bottle or, or whatever it is that 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 is made their life a hardship. I'm not saying that I, I all I'm really, I guess, pointing out. And I think you, too, is that there are two sides of this and that just because they're doing crappy things doesn't mean they're necessarily trying to crap on you. Uh, in certain instances, like the suppression of everything in Amazon, like uh, they had a couple of uh, uh, stories about Amazon recently where they were suppressing in team chat and group chat and everything, anything that had to do with uh, unions. Yep. And uh, I think that well, at least one of those executives was uh, let go. Uh, that's not only um, bad, you know, a, a bad thing to do and i think it's illegal actually <laughs> um anyway well, no, but actually it's kind of depends on what it is that you're doing because it also depends on who you work for because yeah, yeah. and and this is one that you're quite aware of in certain states it's actually illegal to attempt to unionize as a state worker you personally know someone who was fired for protesting that actually yes and she wasn't a state worker uh, well she no well she she worked for a uh, and, and i'm we're gonna i'm gonna generalize this so that we don't use yeah, somebody's yeah, yeah, sure. name um she was somebody who worked for a state organization so no she wasn't necessarily a state worker but her paycheck came from the state did it though yeah yeah hmm. absolutely huh. well and you may be correct uh, you may be correct however she was fired for that, and she was also like in her uh, agreement. Uh, it one of the well, stipulations was don't embarrass the company. And well, um, but but even then, so that. there there are situations in which that would actually be considered appropriate or legal if you don't even want to use the word appropriate. Right. I mean, I no, and that's fair. That's fair, and fair play to you, sir. Uh, that that is true, and it did happen. And it was amusing, but the 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 real issue to me is is how do you want to do this? You know, how do you want to get? You know, what kind of business do you want to run? I'll give you an example. I'll give you one that's pretty close to home. Uh, my biz, the business that I work for, is owned by a single person. Uh, he is without a doubt. 100% the best boss I've ever worked for, ever. 
um, when when he makes a decision, his decision is even if it costs him, is I want to do the best for everybody. Uh, when we do, I have pretty much full autonomy. Like there's there are weeks I don't even speak to him. I I just do what I need, what I think needs to be done. And the only instruction he has ever given me is, okay, when you come into these problems where you think you need to do some kind of action, what I want you to do is make sure nobody can look at you or look at me and go, I was not treated fairly. I want, and in fact, if anything, I want you to go on the other side of that line. You go above and beyond, even if it hurts us a little bit. You you make that happen and you make it right. I'm like, got it. And that was seven years ago. And he has never wavered from that since. And I, and it's it's one of, it's it's weird because you expect like, okay, when is the monster coming? Like, okay, I did this and I and or you screwed up, right? And I I I totally hosed things in seven years. You you're gonna make mistakes. Everybody does. You're human. Oh, of course. Uh, and I went I've to him found and I went, the best way to handle that is is to basically come to somebody and say, I screwed up. This is what I tried to do to fix it. Right. I'm like, look, this is what I did. <laughs> I messed that up. This is what I did to fix it. I'm going to try not to happen. I'm going to, you know, I, I don't want this to happen again. Do you have any suggestions on how I can not have this happen again? And he was and the worst thing that man has ever said to me. The worst rebuke I've ever gotten is, hmm, I might have done this. That's it. You know, um, when I got promoted to vice president, I was really worried about my time off because I'd always just I'd always just held on to it, you know, and cradled it and everything, because it's all you really get. Sometimes sometimes you get a couple of weeks off some PTO days and some sick days. And that's really all you have to look forward to. You know what I mean? Uh, on, in some jobs. And I was so used to that because I was a contractor for a long time. And I, if I didn't work, I didn't get paid. So I never took a vacation. <laughs> my uh, my office is still convinced that if I try to take a vacation, it's one of the signs of the apocalypse. So. <laughs> and I don't take much, right? So uh, when I got into this job, uh, the way my position works is there's really not a lot to do for me in December uh, because everybody's taking off. Nobody's buying new campaigns. Nobody's doing any of this stuff. So I stack up all the vacation time I have and take it from uh, the end of December and just stack it back, right? How many days do I get? All right, we're going to go from December 31st all the way back as far as I can get, and that's that's my vacation for the year. Now, when I say vacation, I'm using finger quotes here, I bring a laptop and my work phone, <laughs> and if the phone when rings, you, I answer it. If the email happens, I answer it. When you make it to a certain position in a company, you're never really technically gone. Yeah, I, there are no times where I'm off the clock, off the clock, right? I mean, when I'm sleeping, maybe. Uh, but even then, if I get a call at midnight, I answer it. However, that said, um, when I interviewed for this position with him and I'm like, look, he was, I was moving from uh, director to uh, senior director to vice president. And I'm like, look, I, I love the position. I love the company. I, I, I want to do this. I, I'm very excited. But I need to talk about my vacation time. I don't want to lose this. I don't want it to reset. I don't want it. And he gave me this weird look. He's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, I, I, I can't lose this. You know, like I've already and we were this was like November. 
I'm like, I can't leave. I've, I've bought tickets. I, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, this and that and everything. I, I said, I'll make it up. I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do, but I, I really need this. And he's like, first of all, you've worked for me for, for at the time. He's like, you've worked for me for four years. Uh, I, no, I just, it doesn't matter, dude. Do, do what you need to do. Second, you're a vice president. I just shoved a leash up your ass. Okay. You can't not take your laptop. You can't not take your phone. We're past counting days. You take vacation, you take vacation. You're going to have your laptop and your phone with you anyway. I don't really care. You don't have to talk to me about it. You don't have to file paperwork. Just go. But your band's like better be available if I call. Right, but be available. <laughs> I'm like, and he goes, and if you're on vacation and stuff like that, be available the next morning or whatever it is. You know, it's like I won't call you with any, but your team's good, and I won't call you with anything that really doesn't need to be handled, but um just go i'm like oh okay <laughs> yeah i got it now right um it's well, a fabulous what, what, what you're basically saying is that there are decent employers in the there world. there are they decent exist. people yeah and i guess that's the way to sum it up there are decent people out there and i appreciate them i i i know that they exist because and i wouldn't have thought that that happens before this this opportunity but i know it does so I, i'm not saying all of them like that and yes i am with a company that has less than 50 employees and that's considered oh. a small company oh uh, me as well and and my i've got a similar relationship with my boss which is that he hired me to basically take care of a certain portion of the company that he doesn't specifically work in so his ba his thought process is if he doesn't hear from me it's a good day right you know it, it, he, his response is if he sees my number come up on his phone it's like oh, fuck what no. yeah other than that it's kind of like hey i haven't heard from you in a couple of months you okay yeah good okay great I, no news is good news keep going yeah. <laughs> do whatever that is <laughs> keep um, doing some of that jake stuff <laughs> well okay I'm actually going to take us a little bit into our philosophical conversation, but it's actually going to tag on to this conversation. Nice. So this, this is going to work. Uh, but I'm, what I'm going to start with is, having worked in the corporate world, have you ever been handed one of those books from upper management that they wanted you to read that was total, utter bullshit? Oh, yes. Yes, okay. indeed. The one that I'm referring to was called Personal Responsibility. <laughs> i mean mm, yes yes and the book was bullshit there was one very there was only one ray of what i would call intelligent sunshine in the book and it, it kind of is going to go into our thought experiment for today which is they suggested that the one thing that can destroy any relationship be it business or otherwise is a sense of entitlement OK, mm. so keeping it keeping it in a work sense, it comes down to two different things. An employer is not at, is not entitled to an employee's work. They have to pay for it. However, that also goes the other way. The employee is not entitled to their paycheck. They have to work for it. OK, and that one if you get either one of those out of balance, everything falls apart. Sure, sure. So sure. so we're sitting here talking about the relationship between workers and employers, and we're looking at it from both sides of the whole thing. 
and we're running into something that is going on, especially in this country, and I think it's the question that we have to finally answer. And I know how a lot of people will answer this question, and but at the same time, it's not doesn't have as easy of an answer as one might expect. Okay, we all talk about the basic uh, rights: life, liberty, and let's word it properly: the pursuit of happiness. Okay, mm-hmm. you're not guaranteed in those rights to be happy. You're guaranteed your ability to pursue your happiness. Okay. So really what we're coming down to, and it really is the question that's coming down to our entire economic system in in this world is, is what is each individual entitled to? Are you entitled to having a living wage? Or are you required to work for that? And it actually, and that is a question that's going on because, I mean, if you talk about the uh, co- the concept of um, uh, uh, basic income, basic guaranteed income, that that's mm-hmm. money that you're entitled to by under those concepts. You don't have to work for that. So, quite frankly, what is a human being entitled to? And it's an interesting question because you can look at it for two completely different directions. You can look at it and sit there and from the and the line I always go from this one is from Caddyshack where the guy said the world needs ditch diggers, too. Um, yeah. and, and, and that really is a dickish way of looking at it because there are a lot of people who have nothing in this world. What are they entitled to? On the other side of that, you've got a lot of people who have worked hard for their very for their lives and have everywhere from making just enough to get by to making enough money that they're probably going to retire pretty well. We call that the middle class. Okay. What are they entitled to? What are they entitled to that they work for that they're entitled to keep? Because yeah. right now you have people suggesting that money should be taken from them and given to the other side. Now, once again, I'm not making any moral judgment here. I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen. I'm saying what are we entitled to? Because on the, you take that even the further step further. You come into that top 1% and you have some people who have gotten there by family. And you've got some people who have gotten there because they did something special. What are those people entitled to? Are they entitled to keep everything that they've ever had? Or are other people entitled to get some of what they've done? And I don't know the answer to the question. Because it's one of those questions that has an enormous moral impact. Uh, And it can be, quite frankly, argued in any direction you want it to be. So that that's my question: Is what are we entitled to in life? Yeah, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> that's going to be a good one. Well, it depends. It depends on who's who's trying. You know, like what are you trying to to actual? I mean, are you talking about the laws of nature or the laws of government? Because those are two different uh, well, things. Well, I mean, okay, the, the laws of nature. The only thing you're entitled to is to run fast enough to hopefully not get eaten. Exactly my point. 
Okay. So, if, yeah, so, not, so I think we are. I think we're to anything according think, to the laws of nature. I think we're looking at um, the laws of man, not necessarily the laws of government, but the laws of man. Well, I would argue that the laws of man are largely government based because there isn't anything that doesn't have some kind of structure set up to do that. Um, at least not that I can think of. But oh, well, then, then, then once again, let let's let's come back to the question: Is that person on the street entitled to there being a structure to hold them up, and how much of that are they entitled to? Yeah, and and here's where you get into, you know, live free or or live subjugated, and you know, the more the more you you live under governmental rule, the more freedoms you actually give up. Uh, but when you're talking about in entitlement, uh, that's that's an actual tough one, because I don't think that there is a at least, you know what? Let's start with the U.S. All right, with the U.S., you know, you're you're talking about your you know your life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and that is a very general and very broad term, and a very good way of saying um, you're entitled to not be oppressed. But that's it. Yeah. You, I mean, it. Let's put it this way: the government is not is not a, you're you're allowed you're entitled to your life. Okay, the the government is not allowed to, without due process of law. That's that's the, one of the other ones you really have to take into account. Without due process of law, is not allowed to take away your life. Okay, the more uh, esoteric one is liberty. Now, a lot of people have taken liberty to mean property. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, a lot so once it. again, without due process of law, the government is supposedly not allowed to take your property. That's an interesting one these days. <laughs> yeah. Spiffy keen, guys. I, 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 I have two words for you. Civil forfeiture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Uh, it's not always what you think it is. Uh, okay. So and then you've got the your they cannot away take away your ability to pursue that which makes you happy, which means supposedly and once again, it's a tricky one these days. They're not allowed to take your thought processes, religion, hobbies, whatever that it is that makes you happy in life away from you. Now. Uh, anybody who believes that that one's actually going the way it's supposed, it's supposed to, I would suggest to go look at just about any state's sexual laws. <laughs> yeah, you have. You have because there's a lot of things that a lot of people would like to do that would make them happy and actually really are still doing behind closed doors um, that is technically illegal. So, so really, so really, what we come down to is is. Uh, I, I, and it's tough to do because it's one of those things that has so many different dimensions to it. And it's not ever as easy as it seems to be. You'll have people who generally tend to fall in the socialistic left wing side of the whole thing who are saying, no, everybody's in turn entitled to a living, a living wage. They're entitled to a place to live and all that. And but you also have people who are on the other side of that argument who says, who does that come from? Yeah, I, um, well, 
it, it depends on who you ask. Because if you get an intentional, like a, a super religious person, they're going to say, it comes from God. And if you get a super not religious person, they're going to say, it comes from the, you know, the government. And okay, well, it comes well, from the uh, rights of the governed. And it comes, like, there's, there's like 10 different answers for that. Well, I would also say that if you're if you're saying it comes from God, my question is, is it's been at least 3000 years since we've had manna from heaven. I'm wondering where the hell that is. Yeah, that's a truth. Uh. <laughs> I I'm going to suggest that it comes from the the citizens in which have elected to live together. So that's where there, it comes from your fellow man. Okay. But, oof. I mean, there, there's a... Mm. But it also comes into the questions then of how much of what you earn is therefore something that someone else is entitled to now don't take this the wrong way i i firmly believe that there should be government programs that helps people get onto their feet and move i'm i'm not saying that i i'm not on board with the basic living stipend concept but i i am definitely on board with the idea that there should be government programs that help to lift people up and so quite frankly as a taxpayer i am every bit willing to contribute to those okay but sure where does that begin and just basically saying um yeah here's a check for x amount of dollars every month and uh you can turn around and thank the 250 million people who contributed to that for you um go about your business and do whatever you do or don't want to do I don't think it does. I mean, there's there's nothing like you're not entitled. And really what it boils down to is you're not entitled to anything. Nobody's entitled to anything except not being oppressed or it's or enslaved. I, I think that's really all you can basically ask from a general civilization. OK, but at that point, what is it exactly you think you are are over that? What are you doing? Like, what can you expect from that? Uh, other than other than that, like, what what is it you think that? Uh, and I'm I'm saying like you, not saying you, but I mean like the the metaphorical you. Uh, what do you think you're gonna get? I mean, because there's nothing else that that you're owed in life. Nothing else. I mean, I, I, if there is, I haven't heard of it. So to me, what's what's really at stake when you talk about your rights and, and what's happening is is, you know, outside of the bounds of criminality. You are owed. Basically nothing other than people can't enslave or impress you. That's it. That's it. That's all you got. You're not in. You, you don't you're not owed money. You're not owed thanks you're not owed a job you're not owed shit you're owed they're not actively oppressing you welcome to the suck get a job 
Well, I, you also have the uh, bioethics concept that could, that can go into this of all of these people that we are in fact supporting are in fact uh, dragging the species down. I don't get me wrong. I know that's a rather horrifying dickish thing to say, <laughs> but but it's but it is one of the arguments that is out there. So I say that as devil's advocate, not as somebody who actually agrees with that statement. Sure. Be- no, I, I get it. Uh, well, I just I I can't get anywhere because you'll you'll see people. I'm owed this. I you know I'm entitled to to. You know, the the equal pay or equal this or I'm entitled to to have my family on this land or or whatever. You're not entitled to shit. All right. And that's where I think people get confused. They think because we have a government and there are all these rules that they're entitled to a bunch of stuff or um, they're entitled to something somebody else has. When honestly, you're not entitled to anything and it's not going to happen for you. So just let it fucking go. Just okay. let it go. Well, I and but I I think that actually also comes down to our discussion earlier about workers versus employers. You know, what are those workers entitled to? What are those employers entitled to? Are they entitled to anything? It also goes into what started the conversation, which is the homeless problem. Mm-hmm. What is a homeless person entitled to? Now, it, it, because because you've got a whole range of spectrum as to well, now you're talking like, but when you enter into an employee employee or employer relationship, there's a difference, right? Because that's you're not talking about general. What am I entitled to? You're talking about I have agreed. It's an agreement. I have agreed to give you time and effort and expertise for X. Right. Then you're you're entering into some kind of negotiation at that point or some kind of agreement. Uh, That's not uh just entitlement. But but, and I and once again, I'm playing devil's advocate, so please don't get pissed at me. Um, But there is a very, very heavy argument going on lately that that's not actually the case, that that employees are, in fact, entitled to certain things. There are certain things that even if it is, quote-unquote, in a contract that the employee has signed, that it's still not valid because an employee has rights and entitlements, that they have things that the employer should be doing for them, even if that is not part of what was agreed to. And in some cases, in some states, that's effectively true. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. In the state of Texas, is a right-to-work state, so uh, it is really difficult to enforce non-compete agreements. Almost impossible if you if you have enough money to fight them. Uh, even though you signed it and said you wouldn't, and even though there's there's all these contracts and lawyers drawn them up and and all this, it is damn near impossible to enforce that. So uh, not that I've ever had that problem. I've never had a skill set that everybody went, oh, my God, you can't use that for them. They'll ruin us. Like, I've never uh, had that. I, I have. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times, actually. Yeah, my, my skill set is broad and vast, and I have many skills to my name, but none of them are so valuable that I would ruin a company should I go somewhere else. Hey, I put a company out of business in a year after leaving. <laughs> See, I would argue that your yours are more marketable than mine. 
That's all I'm saying. M- marketable, yes. Valuable, no. <laughs> I have my skill set exists entirely in the realm of this would be why I would be wildly successful 125 years ago. Like the skill set well, that I have now are all very useful for late 18th centuries. Well, you know? he, here's here's the way I'll put it. An employer has the ability to make more money off of your skill set than mine. Therefore, you actually are, if we want to go that way, entitled to make a better living than I do. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, I have I have a a broad set of skills, but yours is definitely more. It's it's sort of like the old adage, you know, jack of all, master of none, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not a master at anything. Maybe Photoshop, but that's but, about it. You know? but, but once again, there, out of what I do for a living, the only thing that I really know how to do, there's only so much money that can be made off of what I do. <laughs> so it's it, 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 there, So there's only so much money that I can be paid. Now, for what I do and for what my employer makes off of me, I get paid very well. But at the same time, to... It, you know, as much as I would love to be able to stand and demand 50 percent more, I don't I don't rate that what he, the amount of money that he has the ability off of to make off of me does not rate that. And that's actually going into a lot of the arguments that are going on with wages versus employers is is some of the things that these employees are asking for for what the employer can make off of them is not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just categorically it's true. Uh, But at the same time, I would also suggest to you that a lot of the employers have been put in this situation because they have been screwing employees for so long. They have put themselves in this corner. No argument. No argument. And that now it is hurtful that when they have to raise it or something like that, they've backed themselves into such a corner and built the market entirely on the premise that workers get screwed that yeah now if they offer a competitive wage they've trimmed everything except their own bank accounts and trimmed the fat to the point where if they start giving people more they do start cutting in on things like their own profits which they won't do that well, uh, but, it is but even then and, and this is one of the ones where I'll even agree with Yepix a bit that our system is a little bit set up fucked uply which is a lot of times they're not legally allowed to because if they, depending on how their business is arranged, they may have a fiduciary requirement to the stockholders to make sure that profits go in the right direction. They may not legally yeah. be allowed to make that decision in the other direction. Now, once again, I will take that into the same concept that you said, that they have basically set up the system to fuck themselves. <laughs> but but that's basically where we are. They they've put themselves in a position in this in the system where they're not. It, it's not even that they, God forbid, don't want to negotiate with employees. There's certain things that they can't negotiate with employees on. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. So I I, I guess to kind of bring this around in a circle, and it, and it's kind of where um. My own mind went with the opening of the discussion and then where I kind of went with the the thought experiment experiment is 
we're at a really interesting time when a lot of things that we have taken for granted in generations past are being renegotiated. And it's kind of interesting to watch people. Uh, well, well, the two terms I would say is cut off their nose to spite their face or stepping on their own dick. Um, yeah. In the process of trying, and, and and I'm saying on both sides, both employers, employees, government, and people, um, interest groups, and uh, just basic standard human beings, that somewhere along the line, there's we're going through an entire renegotiation, and it's kind of interesting to see where everything tends to fall. Uh, it, we talked about it some last week, which is the part that scares me is is when we start looking at some of these rights. And some of these things that people have come to expect and to think are, and the term that is used is inalienable, we're finding out or not. Yeah. So what's been loudly called the social contract right now is being renegotiated. I don't think it's going to go well either, because I, I don't think anybody's going to have the the wherewithal to stand and say... Because everybody's just like, gimme, 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 gimme. I don't think anybody's going to look at things and go, okay, how does this make sense? Like Nobody's doing that. And I don't think anybody's well, going to start either. Everybody has their mountain that they're willing to die on at the moment. Oh uh, Well, yeah, but that's always been true. Well, that, that's always been true, but you're finding that those mountains are quite crowded at the moment. <laughs> that, that, that what you're not having is as many people in the middle yelling up at the different mountains going, can we talk? <laughs> surely not... we must reach a reasonable place where both of us can be profitable and, and happy like yeah nobody's doing that yeah I, so so what i'm saying is is that there's nobody's willing to whether you want to call it compromise find a comfortable middle ground uh actually have a discussion to see what friggin works um nobody's really willing to sit down and have that discussion at the moment. Everybody's demanding that they're right. Everybody else is wrong and doesn't even want to listen to what the other side has to say. And really what we're coming down to is, is that whether you want, and, and it's one of those things that everybody's calling these days, both sides is them because no one wants to think that the other side might have a point. And that's really the root of, all evil here is nobody can sit down and empathize with the person across the table and be like look i i see you i see what you've got going on i see the difficulties that you're having let me tell you about the difficulties i'm having and you see me and let's see if we can figure this out in some kind of way that makes sense to both of us and I, I don't even think in most cases that's not even possible right now in a large scale. Like in smaller companies, I think you can get that done because there's a great line, and I, I hate to use this, but it's a great line from Josie Wales. Uh, well, which is government movie. Yeah, oh, it's a fantastic movie. Governments don't live together; people live together. And and I just I I've been thinking about that a lot recently. I saw that the other day. I watched that movie because the the it's only like three minutes long, but the conversation between Josie Wales and Ten Bears is so profound. Where it's like, you know what? You're right. I'm not giving you anything extra. I'm just saying we can live together without butchering each other. And I'll give you life, and you give me life. I don't think there's a lot of that right now. There's like small companies. You have to look that person in the eye. You have to say, hey, I am intentionally going to, to 
to force my will upon you. And that person, generally speaking, in a small company just leaves like, nope, I'm out. You're a dick, by the way. I'm out like in a smaller company. You know these people and you want them to, to do well because you need your business to succeed. And you need these people, and you're hiring them because you need the help, not because you want somebody to boss around, but because you have a, a thing that you have to get taken care of, and you're trying to hire the best person for it, and you want them to take care of it for you because everyone succeeds if they succeed. In a smaller business, that is way, way more prevalent. The larger the business becomes, and this is just my personal opinion, but the, largest, the larger that business becomes, you got what I call butts-in-seat syndrome, where – there is a job. There is this this person who gets put in this job or this role or whatever it is, and they're not there for the company, and they're not there for you. They're just there for a check and sometimes to make them feel better about themselves. And they don't necessarily make decisions that are good for the company or good for the employees. They're just in there like mushrooms stamping their dick's print on everything. <laughs> And I think that has the middle management, let me rephrase, middle management has done more harm to the corporate world, both employees and up the chain, than most other things that you can think of. Because if you want to know where bad decisions are made, that's where it is. Uh, I, I entreat anyone who does not agree with him to go uh, watch the 90s uh, amazingly intelligent movie Office Space. <laughs> uh nice paul so with that bosses <laughs> so when i screw up i gotta hear about it eight times <laughs> so do you have a entertainment discussion for us today i do i i have been persuaded uh, as you know, uh, I have a, a – for those of you who are listening to this cast, I'm sure you've heard of, if not heard himself, uh, a guy named Beef who we also cast with. Um, Beef is a fantastic individual, and I am convinced that he is one of the most fair-minded people when it comes to viewing new media that I have ever met. Uh, he will give anything a chance, and he is probably one of the most – unbelievably philosophical people you will ever meet when it comes to reviewing media. I have only seen him one time lose his shit uh, <laughs> when watching a movie. And uh, I being the dick I am, we have proven that I'm a prick today. So just to prove that I am a prick, when we figured out how much he just completely loathed and hated this movie, I'm the one who sent him the DVD and the poster. Yeah, he, um, he, he finds the good. Now, I do this with people. I, I love like I uh, I'm going to say this so you can get mad and write in your stuff. I I love women. I love everything about them. I love the way they sound. I love listening to them. I love the way they smell. I love the way they look. I love the way they walk. I love the way they move. I love the way they talk about things. I love the way they look at the world. I love women in general. I love them. Um, I can find something interesting about any woman I talk to. It doesn't matter who it is. Beef is that way about movies and TV shows. And one of the things that he recently convinced me to watch is Shorzy. Have you seen this or know what it is at all? I, I overheard you talking about it on a different uh, podcast, and I know that it is a spinoff to another show. And I am completely, totally, and utterly unaware of either of these shows. 
Okay. Uh, let me back up then, because then I have two recommendations. Uh, if you've never heard or seen of Letterkenny, uh, you need to you need to get on the stick on that one. No, no. Where where is Letterkenny available? Uh, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Apple TV. Uh, Hulu, if you have a subscription, you can watch it. it. It's fine. All the seasons are on Hulu. It is about a small Canadian town, and it follows Wayne and Daryl, Katie, and uh, Dan. And Wayne and Katie are brother and sister. Daryl is their next-door neighbor, and Dan is just a friend of the family. And they have – and it's about this small Canadian town. Now, this small Canadian town – there's a couple things you need to know about this show. They're Canadian rednecks, one. Two, <clears throat> um, they have an unbelievable uh, stroke of good luck in that in this small town, every woman is exceedingly hot. I mean, like a ten and a half out of ten, except for the bartender. <laughs> and it is about small, but the thing about it is it's very, very, like all the stuff is just basically some interesting things that happen in this town and what happens in rednecks and stuff like that. But they talk, it's one, brilliant. Two, it is fast. It is fast. You will have to watch several times without uh, uh, the the text on to figure out or to get every joke they're saying because they talk so damn fast. And it is unbelievably witty. But it's about this small town. Well, uh, Letterkenny went on for several seasons, and I encourage you, if you've never seen it, you need to watch it. And you need to uh, just give I, it... I plan on starting tonight. Give it give it a couple shows. Just give it a couple episodes. It'll pick up, okay? They have to set some stuff up. They have to set up the D-Gens, which are the degenerates. They have to set up the hockey guys. They have to set up the, the uh, meth heads and the dirt guys and everything. But what you got to realize is this is sort of like everybody – even though you're not in their clique, you're still part of their town, which means you're better than the dirt heads, the hockey guys, and the degenerates from that other town over there, right? You may be an asshole, but you're our asshole, right? This is how this show works. So the dialogue is witty and brilliant. The jokes you'll – if you've ever heard W.A. and, and me and Beef go on about uh, uh, to be foul and, and some of the other things that we do, it's from Letterkenny. Uh, also, we have a crush on most of the women from it. Now, uh, because it's Canadian and there's a lot of hockey in it, there's a spinoff called Shorzy. Shorzy is a character from Letterkenny who you never see him. You never see him. He's always in a bathroom stall barefoot taking a giant dump and all he does in Letterkenny is make fun of the hockey team because he is like this this hugely good player he's very physical and very um very abusive on the ice because that's that's how you be in hockey um and he just sits in the can and makes fun of people well they did a show about him well, do you ever see him, or is the show? Oh no, from the yeah, no, you see him. You like you never see him in Letterkenny, but you know who it is. But in Shorzy, it's about like the first time you see him, you're like, oh my god, that is him. Like he's doing the thing, you know. Uh, so it's it took me a minute. I 
I was skeptical and beef is and, and beef is really good about this. Like he gives you like that little that little okay. I know it's going to be tough, but I just want you to do this and then watch it and you're going to be fine. And I'm like all right. <laughs> and he's right. It is good. Uh but if you haven't seen it, Letterkenny is fucking amazing. Um I am in love with Tannis, who is a character from that show, I swear to God, in another life, she would be my wife. I would, I would <laughs> not, the, not the character, or not the, uh, not the actual actress who plays her, uh, her which is Kenito uh, Horn, or Kenito Horn, not her, Tannis, the character. <laughs> I want her. Um, also, uh, Katie, who played brilliantly by Mitchell, uh, Michelle Milet, gorgeous. Um, uh, the, the girl who played, uh, Winona Earp, uh, Melanie Scarfano is, uh, Mrs. McMurray in Letterkenny. This is where she got her start is in Letterkenny. Well, uh, well now you know that your wife will watch it. Oh yeah. No, my wife actually was like, oh, I know her. She's in Letterkenny. Uh, she plays the bi- Wife always sneaking in broads into the bathroom and and having her way with them, and I'm like, yes, Mrs. McMurray, that's exactly who she is. And she's like, oh yeah, no, I've seen that show. Oh, uh, she, yeah, she only watches it for the Melanie Scarfano episodes. Like if Mrs. McMurray is going to be in it and like like having her way with the the town's gorgeous women in the bathroom, uh, or having three like there's a scene in Letterkenny where they're all having a house party, and Mr. and Mrs. McMurray. Uh, are, are doing this thing and they're in the hot tub and they're like making everybody uncomfortable because they're just seeing who will agree to the threesome and everybody <laughs> just winds up on the porch going, Oh, I ain't going back there. <laughs> I, I ain't doing that. <laughs> and one, one person finally goes back there and everything like, Oh, I'll take the hit. It's fine. Everything will be fine. And, I mean, it's it's a brilliantly written show, and I I encourage everyone. Like, whenever Beef calls anybody Squirrely Dan, it become it's from this. It's from Letterkenny. Uh, it's it's brilliant, and so is Shorzy. So I would recommend the pair of them. You can find them on Hulu, Amazon. They're expensive. Uh, I think it's like a ninety nine cents an episode. But if you have Hulu, it's it's free with a subscription. You just got to watch a, a advertisement here and there. Uh, unless you have the super premium Hulu thing, which I refuse to pay for, uh, <laughs> but it's it's gold. It really is. I'm you. You need to watch that. I, I was very skeptical. Um, go in with low expectations and just have your damn socks blown off. Um, but just be aware. You need to pay attention. This isn't something that you can watch while doing other things. You are gonna need to hear. What is going on? Because it comes so fast. Like they're all just sitting there. They're all just sitting there. No one has moved more than their jaw muscle. The action is slow in some of these scenes, but the dialogue is so fast. You will miss four jokes in the span of 30 seconds. Okay. So, so obviously though, it's got a much, much different tone as far as the amount of effort it takes to watch it. It's like a Tarantino movie. Yes. You you better you better get on it and stay on it. <laughs> the minute well, you look away, you're done. Well, Tarantino movies, you know, the action in a Tarantino movie is usually the last five minutes of the movie. 
yes. everything else is that leads up to that. It, the, the whole rest of the movie is just the dialogue that leads you to what happens in the last five minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like there's one episode where it starts and they, they say, you know, uh, you know, currently right now and they show uh, uh, Katie just delivering a wicked box shot to Tannis. Just what just rears back and just kicks her right between the legs and, and Tannis is right. And then they're like three hours earlier. And it just leads up to what leads up to this brawl and this huge box shot. And, and I'm like, okay, this is brilliant. This is because now I have to know how this happened. You know? So um, it's, it's probably the first like four or five seasons of probably some of the smartest writing I've seen in 10 years for television. I'm not kidding. Well, I start tonight. Right on. Anything else for this week? Oh, God, I hope not. I fumbled through the uh, the the topic. I fumbled through the, like, I can't get my words out with the whole existential question because I'm like, we don't know anything, but companies have the right to expect employees to work. You know, like, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> look, I, for for those of you who are looking at this, who are who are already warming up their hate mail, uh, first of all, please go ahead and send it. We'd love to read it. Absolutely. Um, second of all, I'll admit that what I was doing a lot of today was playing devil's advocate. I promise you, I'm not quite. Now, I won't say I'm not a prick. I'm not quite the prick that I sounded like today. So, no, and Jake loves. Both of us actually love existential questions. We love it. We love it. We 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 enjoy those types of questions that maybe don't have an answer or don't have a correct answer or don't have the answer you might think it. We love to do that because we we like to understand how things really work. The problem with that is is when you're doing those suppose like you sound like a dick. <laughs> Well, but you have to argue against what you're doing. Well, it, well, if you're also, it goes into just about any, you know, issue in this world is you do have to look at it from both sides, even the side that makes you look like a prick. Yeah. You have to at least examine those sides, because if you're not going to examine those sides, I promise you, you're going to fall prey to the law of unintended consequences. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, so as I said, yes. I'm a prick. There's a few people here and who listen to the show who know me personally. They know I'm a prick. It's cool. I'm just not that much of a prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, world's still here. We'll see you next week. Right on.